to enter a nexus of science, violence, and nonsense. Where fake news, pseudoscience, and weaponized stupidity meet full contact fact-checking and peer-reviewed ass-kicking. And as always, no bullshit allowed. Recorded live at Mosquito Headquarters in Austin, Texas. This is the Art of Fighting BS podcast. Brain chips in the trick. Chocolate lines up planetarily with the sun. Necessarily rewarding. You are fake news. Come on, science is interesting. If you don't agree, you can fuck off. Let's do this. Hey everyone, Frost here, and we are back with another episode. It's been a minute since we did one. We, uh, we're taking a little break for ourselves. It's summer, and the world's burning down, so get the hell over it. Anyway, uh, this episode is split into a couple parts. Uh, we're going to publish this one on all the platforms that we do episodes on, Spotify, iTunes, whatever. But uh, the rest of it's going to be on our forums, because the conversation goes long. In fact... This is our second attempt to record an episode with BJ, uh, as most of you guys will know from, you know, the website, it's just, you know, legend uh, among us in our, in our little part of the world. But, uh, yeah, the, the first attempt, it, it just ran off for about four hours to the point where there was no way we could do a, an episode with it, there was no way to edit the audio. And this one kind of turned out that way a little bit, too, so we're going to cut it down to the parts that just focus on the topic. And the rest of it will be available on the forum, so uh, log in there, check it out, the rest of it. Um, and yeah, that, that's the, the gist, so listen to it. Bye. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the very next episode of the official Art of Fighting BS podcast. I am your subcompetent host, Submessenger, this evening, starring Frost and Gizir. Yay, yay. <laughs> hey. Um. Yeah. Uh. Wait. Is it Gazir or Jazir? I fucking so never said that out loud. So since we're talking about geezer, <laughs> everyone says geezer. <laughs> but since we're talking about uh, martial arts and anime, that that name actually comes from an anim- uh, an anime property or a manga property, uh, and it does have martial arts. Code. So I'm gonna explain that here when we get when we get started where the name comes from. All right. So, let, well, before we... But it's get Gazir. Into, Green is okay. healthy, so don't worry about it. So, Let's uh, just go. You should uh, like explain to the people your, your bona fides, your history with the site, because um, you've been there since base, uh, like year one, at least. Yeah, definitely year one. Um, back then, I was known as Asia, Asia the Invincible. Um... Uh, I am a, I'm a military brat growing up. Uh, I've, I've lived all over the world and I, well, poopy told my mom wanted me to get into martial arts and then she didn't expect me to take it this far. So I've done pretty much anything and everything that I could go to. Um, I do have, uh, I go back. I do have a lot of black belts, a lot of training, a lot of experience in different martial arts. Um, I'm an avid. These bookshelves you see right here that the, there's what? There are two, well, two huge bookshelves. All the books on those uh, on that shelves are martial arts related. Every single one. All my nerdy books are in front of me. But uh, I've been on Bushido. I came over from Cyberquan. You guys did a Cyberquan raid. I came over from Cyberquan because I was still heavily into my uh, 
Chinese martial arts phase. And uh, and I like to fight. I'm a pretty big scrapper. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go show these guys a thing or two. You guys think you're tough? I'm going to go show you who's tough. And uh, then found a, found a home and was there for, for a long time. Uh, and Bushido was a was great. It was uh it was a great outlet. Um, just meeting the guys, just going around. Uh, I got the just new new experiences, new places. And you know, it was great that we were. You know, I would go to Germany. And it's like, oh well, these guys are in Belgium, or these guys are in you know, you know Brussels, or these guys are in France. And it's like, all right, let's go meet these guys. Um, or even stateside, like uh, my first time going to Santa Barbara. I knew nothing about Santa Barbara other than the TV show. And yes, I'm dating myself. Um, was because of Omega. And Omega introduced, you know, Omega got me into, uh, uh, well, help try to help get me into uh, more uh, professional fighting, um, going the professional fighting route. And I uh, just got to do a lot of things. Like, I, I probably would not. Uh, I've enjoyed my journey uh, thus far without Bushido, and I still talk about it to the day. Matter of fact, the place I was training, I still reference it and stuff we did. And you know, uh, just this week, one of the guys came back and was like, "Yeah, I went to your site, Bushido, man. He's like, that's pretty cool. There's a lot of stuff on there." And I'm like, "Yeah, I like check it out. I mean, we're probably not as bad as we used to be." God damn it, Flash! Sorry, my dog. Um, we're probably not as bad as we used to be because when we started, it was a locker room. It was uh, <laughs> anything, anything goes. It was, it was, it was a great time. But uh, yeah, a lot, still a lot of friends still talk to today. A lot of you know soul searching you had to do because, like I said, I was I was heavily into my Chinese martial arts days, and I still, when I joined Bushido, I still had a lot of Bushido in me. I still believed. A lot of stuff because I grew up in a lot of these cultures, and I'm like, oh man, they obviously know what they're talking about. And you know, you had to sit back and reflect and be like, yeah, you know what? A lot of that's a bunch of bullshit. So yeah, it it, it helped. And now I'm a I'm a older guy. I you know, um, I, I doing jujitsu. You know, I'm a black belt in Brazilian jujitsu. Um, We'll talk about that later. <laughs> my my war with uh, IBJJF, um, and you know, doing things. Uh, I got one of my my former friends and and fellow Bushido uh, Bushido bully is uh, trying to uh, turn me Russian. He's trying to make me a communist. Uh, <laughs> got me a polka. I've gotten to train with some uh, guys I used to you know, buy their VHS tapes of Vasily and, you know, let's train Russian Sambo and got to go train with him. And it was great. And I'm having a great time doing that. And uh, was invited to go to Lithuania to, to, to participate in a master Sambo tournament, uh, which has been pushed back. I don't know what the deal with that is yet, but it's a, it's been a fun ride. And I, I do owe a lot that to, uh, to Frost there. So here's to you, Frost. Yeah. Well, I just kind of, fucking bumbled my way into getting this whole thing going. I never really intended to start like what turned out to be the world's largest fight club. So it just, we just attracted those kind of people. Like the day that I signed up was, uh, I went to one of my employees and I said, dude, you won't believe it. I just joined a fight club. (laughs) Well, I remember one of, one of the great moments of, of in Bushido history was the throwdown in Atlanta at uh, Alliance. You remember that, Frost? 
we went there and we 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 went to uh, the Alliance headquarters up there, and that's where Roberto Traven, yeah, yeah, uh, and stuff like that. And they're like, they're asking like, so what are you guys, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we all talk on the internet, and we're gonna meet up and beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> and they're like, oh oh okay. And then they saw what we were doing. They're like, you guys are you guys are crazy. They're like, yeah yeah. It's... Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And then we got old, so I mean that's really what it is. You get old, and you know I, I believe I try to believe that 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 uh, you know saying that you know you try to get me- you mellow with age. And I think I have a lot. Uh, I just think that I'm probably not going to fight people as much anymore. I'm probably I'm probably going to end up shooting them. And which was funny, someone <laughs> said that on Bushido years ago when we were younger and dumber, and I'm like, damn, now now we're here. Yeah, no, I mean the past. Fuck, in the past year, I have challenged three dudes uh, to a fight. But, I mean, none of them are... Well, actually, one of them was a martial artist. Uh, he He's like this far right-winger now, uh, James Lindsay. And, uh, yeah, I just fucking... He's got these videos of himself. He, he's a troll on Twitter. Anyway, he's got the videos of himself doing, like, some kind of bogwash shit in his driveway with a sword. And, you know, he's he's built like a, like a bag of cheeseburgers. But, uh, so, it really wouldn't be much of a thing. But we dug up, a couple years ago, we dug up... Um, uh, like a post from him in like uh, the two thousands, whining about Bullshito and how we you know, were were wrong to expect everybody to spar to do martial arts. I'm like, there you go, motherfucker. That's that's my end. And uh, yeah, he blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, get old block on Twitter. Well, there's a um, there's a YouTube channel that I've been following the last couple of years. Uh, it's called Martial Arts Journey, and uh, it's about an Aikido guy who. Uh, who went through the stages? He he was questioning his Aikido training. I've seen this guy, I've seen this guy. Yeah, I, I just started watching him today. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I've been watching him for a couple of years. And if you go back to one of the comments I told him, um, I said, "This I'm gonna I was like been here before. This is what's gonna happen. You're gonna question your training." He he went out, you know, had a sparring session with the MMA guy, uh, got wrecked, which we expect. Um, I say, so you're going to question it. Then you're going to try to reform it. Then you're going to try to create your own organization, your own little, you know, Aikido organization is going to be different than all the Aikido. We're going to make it work. And then you're just going to end up starting doing jiu-jitsu and train MMA. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. He's like, like had two MMA fights now. Uh, it's, it's, it's great. He ended up closing his Aikido school. Uh, he's still on his journey, but I thought it was funny because, like, when I saw him, um, I, I saw him when he was talking about going to an MMA gym and, you know, testing if Aikido worked. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, we, we know what's going to happen. We, we've seen this a few times, but at least, I mean, props to the guy for being honest about shit. Cause a lot of them just dig their heels in and get in, into denial. Like, no, 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 man. It's, it's, it's real. And you guys are this or that and, you know, or work on the street or that kind of thing. And also like stepping up to, to pressure test his own art and, and kind of um, overcome, you know, the fallacies that he had in his head. You know, it, it, it takes, uh, it takes a, a lot of um, gumption to go out and, and find out that you're wrong. Right. Well, so I will give it like, um, uh, even from my personal journey, like my transformation. Now I'm, I'm a, I'm a, pretty sizable guy and i do have a good background i could fight 
So, you know, I was thinking, especially when Bushido, you know, I'm like, man, everything I did before, you know, it's all legit. Not taking account that, you know, being a very big athletic black guy actually accounted for some stuff, you know. So um, uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember his Bushido name. Um, was it Ao Sapien? Oh, so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's Yeah, 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 yeah. We haven't seen him in years. He, well, he, uh, I remember he came. He came to me one time. His own trajectory. He's like he 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 puts out. He goes. He goes. Are you? He's like. Are the are the things you're doing legit, or are you? Are those arts legit, or are you making them legit because you know how to fight? And I had yeah. to think about that. I'm like, okay, you know what? That's a good question. Like, am I? Am I? Is this art really working, or am I making it work? Because, like for instance, Baji Shuan, uh, um, which was one of my very pet art that I loved, and I still have a lot of books on. Um, a lot of the stuff that I do and practice to when I when I wanted to use it wasn't textbook. You know, I, I there was a lot of modification. So because I had boxed when I was a kid, I wrestled. You know, I did judo. Um, I did a lot of more practical martial arts. So when I was doing something more esoteric or not, you know, more flowery, um, I was able to make it work because I knew how to, you know, hit. I knew about my angles, reach, my jab, knew how to hit, stuff like that. So, okay, is the art good or are you making it good because you're you're an athletic fighter? Yeah. And he posed that question to me and it was like, oh, shit, that's a, you know, it made me do some soul searching. And then I started looking back and like, okay, well, confrontations. What did I normally do? Did I rely on these, you know, more flowery, you know, sort of things? Or did I rely on the things I was good at? Boxing, judo, you know, you know, uh, kickboxing, you know, some of the karate, you know, what what was I using? And uh, I realized, like, yeah, the, the stuff that I was using, you know, were more practical martial arts. But because of that background, I could make this other stuff work. Yep. And that's, uh, I call it, so I started calling that the, 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 Nagoto, the Nagoto fallacy because there is a, uh, a Bushikan, I don't know what his rank is right now, but everyone is like, oh my God, he's just so bad. It shows how Bushikan works and no, 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 you got to train with him. And he's so bad. And I was like, well, yeah, but he was a kickboxer before this. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Without the bush, he was still gonna kick your ass. So what yep. you know, what 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 is really working, him or or the art? Yeah. So I mean that's really the essence of MMA, right? So uh, you know, maybe you've learned some techniques in, you know, uh Kempo and maybe you've learned some techniques in Taekwondo and, and you've got some jujitsu under your belt and you've got some Muay Thai. But it's the blend and, and putting those all together into an effective system that makes it worthwhile, right? If you're if you're stuck in any one art, you're just doing and you believe the acrobatics, right? You know, I you mean, that's the bullshit of that art too. Like, dude, I'm, I don't know where our cussing. I know we're on YouTube, so I'm sorry. We're not going to get monetized. Satan death, sex we're already not monetized, don't worry. <laughs> but you when when you're stuck with one art, you're you 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 get sucked into the bullshit of that art. The, the good and the bad, even if it's a good art. Like so let's say we take, you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. 
Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, we know, is a good art. It's effective. We know what it can do. But it does have its its share of bullshit, and you will get sucked into it. You will be sitting there, you know, in your fake Portuguese accent, eating acai all the time, thinking that you're going to do a barambola on the street. You know, there's guys that get sucked into that as well. So the idea, I think what some of the things like, for instance, the idea behind the throwdowns and stuff like that, and MMA in general was like, hey, why don't you figure out what actually works when you got when you're facing other other things? You know, like, yeah, two guys doing a jujitsu match are gonna fight like two guys doing a jujitsu match. Now, how do you do your jujitsu against someone who's doing sambo, someone's doing judo, who's a wrestler, who boxing, who's you know what I'm saying? There's you still have to you still have to go out there and test yourself. And I know some a lot of jujitsu guys were like, you know. They don't do that much anymore, but when I was coming up, they're like, oh, well, the Gracies did it, so we didn't have to. Man, shut the fuck up. That's dumb. <laughs> you should always go out there. You're not, the Gracies are not fighting for you. You're fighting for you, you know? So always go out there and try to test yourself. Do you yeah, get the right, sense it's... that we're circling back to that time because we for, people have forgotten the lessons because we're not really doing that shit anymore? There's a couple people that are out there. Like, there's Master Kid making fun of people like this, and then there's, you know, there's there's some guys that are still doing that the, shit but i mean it's like people it's i've seen a resurgence in bullshit artists and stuff yes and they're in the jiu-jitsu world too there are and, and even technical so um kind of a downer um there are bullshit artists in 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 every art even in good arts you know so there was a um damn it i just forgot i just blanked on a place but there was a kid that uh that uh, uh a really questionable judoka uh, end up killing a kid. Uh, I want to say it's in Taiwan. It's so somewhere in Southeast Asia. Um, I'd have to Google it, but he ended up killing a kid um, because he was a terrible instructor and stuff like that. And, you know, so people start looking into him and his credentials are kind of questionable. Uh, you have guy, you have a, a guy running around saying he's a seventh degree black belt, you know, in Gracie Baja. And no one knows who he is. You know, you have, you, you do, you, you're getting that, the bullshit's coming back up. And uh, we need to, uh, you know, inspire the new crop of guys out there to fight it. Yeah, definitely a new crop because some of us are getting a little long in the tooth. I mean, it's one thing for me to challenge, you know, random assholes on Twitter or Alex Jones because, you know, that, that guy, <laughs> fucking, he's a walking dumpster fire. So, I mean, that, that would like, be beating on a tire for CrossFit, but, um, yeah. So, but the, the, these younger kids, you know, shit, I, I train the 18 year old recruits that come in. I'm like, every now and then we do combatives. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm just using entirely technique and like prayer the fucking, you know? And then I'm like, yeah, that was, that was totally my just thing. And then I go cry in the corner after my back hurts. So, so I have, I have this thing where I call, uh, I, the, the, what I dubbed the first role. Right. So, of course, you know, I go to, especially when I was in transition and stuff like that, I was like, oh, I'm going to go visit this jiu-jitsu school. I'm going to get some training in because I don't know where I would be, you know, stuff like that. And so you walk in, you got a black belt. So you're automatically a target. Right? I'm, I'm an older black belt. And I'm like, all right. So I go with the first role. First role is just plain scunning. I am not giving you anything. You're not working on anything. I'm completely dominating you. Freaking locking everything down. You're going to be tapping. That's all I'm going to do. Yep. Right? So, rule number one, establish dominance. 
That way, the rest of the role is like, all right, cool. So you were doing this. So what you should do is probably put your hand here, pass here. Now we'll look at it. So that way I can rest for the rest of the yeah. time. <laughs> so so you're not coming after me, you know, trying to because I'm like, man, look, three three or four hard rolls at this point. Like I'm I'm kinda kinda spent. Um yeah. I teach a you know, or I participate or teach a fight class here at the where I'm where I'm uh training and teaching at now. And, you know, I got I got some younger guys, I got some old heads like me, but I got some younger guys too. And you know, they always want to show me what they've learned or what they're training on, what they're working on and stuff like that. And and it's good. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm flattered. But it's like, yeah, man, you know, three or four spars with these guys, you know, going hot and heavy. I'm like, I'm I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm going to sit in the corner and then I'll coach the rest of the time. Yeah. yeah no By the way, uh, Frost, if you uh... – if you manage to get Alex Jones to be your tractor tire, I'll pay money for that. I've had a few people to like, yeah, man, I'll I'll pay for a live stream of that. I'm like, I don't think he'll do it. Uh, and is he in Austin? He yes, is in Austin. he is. It's not out of the right, realm so of possibility. It's not. I didn't know where he went. So I have a love hate relationship with Alex Jones. Hear me out. You always need the crazy. To see what saying is, yeah, right. Yeah, you don't do sure, right? You don't know there's you if it's always light. You don't know what darkness is, so you need the crazy. Um, so that's why I love the hate. It comes in with like, damn it, a lot of shit could been. Uh, you could save yourself a lot of trouble if you just fucking go out and actually ask questions and read or talk to people. And I say this because when he was on um, uh, Jesse Ventura's uh, show, what was it called? Conspiracy Theory? Um, he did a segment right next to my parents' house. Like, there was a segment literally, like, right next to my parents' house. So I knew where this place was they were talking about. And he's talking about the female guys, and you see her getting a mass extinction, and da 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 And I'm like, you fucking dumb motherfucker. Just ask him. I was like, I know exactly where that place was. I'm like, those are coffin liners. Like, when you dig holes and you put coffins in the ground, they put a liner in there because if you just put it in there with dirt, you're gonna, it's going to deteriorate and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's a coffin liner. Those are not coffins. And it would have been easy to figure out. And they did correct it later in a later episode. But, or later in the show, I'm sorry. They did correct it later in that show. But... You could have saved yourself that embarrassment if you just actually went out and acted instead of sneaking through the him and Jesse Ventura sneaking through the bushes to take a peek at these secret FEMA coffins for all these people for their you know mass extinction event. Like, yeah, that's the fuck just out like, of here, dude. It's like X Files porn. It's like guys that just want to cosplay as Mulder and Scully, and you know it's nothing harmless. It, it would have been great if it had stayed in the sort of Art Bell, you know the. The George Nori, the, the that kind of thing is like people like, oh yeah, ha ha, yeah, those these wacko people. No, people started taking that shit seriously, and maybe it's just the internet made it worse and brought those internet people together. The internet made it worse. The internet made it was pretty bad before. I mean, like Art Bell made a living off of that for years, right? Yeah, and but then- you, but I guarantee you, most of the people listening right now, unless you're older, don't know who the hell Art Bell is. All right. They don't know about coast to coast. They don't know about all, a lot of these late, late night. You know, when we didn't have 
uh, 24-7 access to everything. You know, used to, you know, turn on the radio and listen to Dr. Demento late at night somewhere. Dating myself. Um, but they wouldn't know, you know, they might hear little things now and they could Google him, but they would not know who he is. And it was a, it was a niche thing. If you weren't, if you weren't in that circle, you didn't know. My parents didn't know who the hell Art Bell was. I was, I brought it up one time. They're like, who the fuck? No one, we go to bed at 10. What are you doing at two in the morning? Like, what? (laughs) But the internet, the internet and constant access made everyone, um, it, it brought out the crazies and everything, you know. Uh, you're able to, you know, express your opinion, and it doesn't, you know, you just throw it out there on the internet, and you're gonna find someone who's gonna follow it. You just, yeah, that's I mean, the nature thing now. A group of like thirty people that all agree that it's perfectly fine to fuck horses, then you know you're gonna start thinking this should apply to the rest of the world. We're the normal ones, you know, because we all agree, and you know, it's it's our group. We're the horse fuckers, so. <laughs> Yeah, Enum Claw. Had a discussion with my kid. So all my all my kids except one are all adults now. That's how old I, am. I got one left, and I, he turns eighteen in December. Kicking? No, I'm not kidding. Uh, but uh, so we were talking about that, and uh, uh, what's that YouTube show? Someone brought up Mr. Hands, and I started oh, laughing. No. And I was just like, oh, my God. And they're like, what the hell is this? So, you know, they get on their phones and Google it. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you just watched the Mr. Hands video. I was like, why don't you Google Goatsy? <laughs> yeah. Goatsy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, we, we went from Internet pranks like Goatsy and Lemon Party to Rick Rolling. I mean, yeah, it's like trying to turn Vegas into like a family-oriented Disney park. No, motherfucker, this shit is heinous. No, <sighs> man, we've been talking about. We haven't even started talking about it. <laughs> no, I know I mean, one thing. I'm I'm never gonna give you up. <laughs> but well, I mean, back you don't in the let day, me and you mentioned this earlier. Back in the day, it was it really was a wild west. We would. We went hard at shit. Remember that the dude, I think he, he called himself Chrono. And so we, we just, you know, ran through his shit. He thought he could, there was a video of him trying to power up using Chi and like these Dragon Ball Z moves and shit. And he, somebody had posted that he, he quit his, he quit the internet permanently and threw his computer in the woods behind his house. Because, you know, it was us. There was a website called Portal of Evil, something awful. And we just, we're just awful, like, yeah. Something uh, awful. Oh, that was <laughs> that was a real cancel culture. So, but we get yeah, and and the thing was, um, we used to remember we used to do raids. Uh, we used to that they do raids now. They're like, yeah, we're gonna raid your Twitch with your Twitch stream. We used to raid people's forums and stuff like that, and like literally challenge them to a fight. Yep. And uh, it was and and would beat someone because I remember uh, when we. Uh, Went to the Shaolin Wolf site, and oh. I end up taking my family and driving shit. At that time, probably like it was six, seven hours uh, from where I lived to Austria to go to the Shaolin, the Shaolin Wolf Temple in Austria. And, um, no, no fight happened, but 
we had uh we actually had some um convert uh converts from that uh what was the one guy damn it what was his name trying to think was it something like quan kicker or something like that and he went from the shaolin school got into went to the netherlands started doing muay thai and stuff like that so we did have some converts uh from those little things uh martial arts planet uh, I think I'm still banned from that. I haven't even checked. Uh, I still think I'm still banned from Martial Arts Planet. There was a, shall not be there's a guy who um, was a mod on, on Martial Arts Planet, or MAP, as you know, we used to call it. And he's now, I, I don't know if he was at the time, but now he's a um, uh, like a professor of anthropology in Japan. Speaks Japanese, lives in Japan. And um, he had me on his podcast. They're doing really good shit, like going after guys that are like uh, self-described gurus. So, I mean, it's called Decoding the Gurus. So he was like, hey, I remember you. Invited me on the podcast. So we talked about that a little bit. Yeah, it was it was good see stuff. Those, see those guys. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. So, That's so, awesome. Yeah, I mean, some people have made... And obviously, he's not into that that hokey bullshit either. So, I mean... But yeah, so they, I mean, we, we had an impact on stuff. And I don't want to like wax nostalgic and like pat myself on the fucking back here. Um, actually, I do. I, I didn't... I wasn't going to finish that sentence any other way, so... Yeah, you, you, it, but I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna give I give credit where credit's due. That you, they they we did a lot of good things uh, for good and bad. You know, not everyone uh, turned out so good because I just found out Ninja Ron is in. I or he did get arrested for stupid shit, and I got this. Actually, got me um, hooked up to another guy that I I usually watch and comment on. Uh, Hard to hurt. And uh, icy Mike and street beefs and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, I like I love watching street beefs. I just like, oh my god, this is my. I use it. I use it as a teaching tool. Like, yeah, here's uh, here's what you're facing. Like, if you ever think, you know, oh, we're gonna go out there, you know, uh, I always hate when people say, oh, you know, he's not trained. I'm like, dude, people watch videos and they're gonna learn how to do something. Whether they could do it good or not, uh, they're going to try it. They're going to attempt it in some kind of altercation. And that's pretty much what street beefs is. Uh, there's some guys who do know how to fight, and you can obviously tell. And then there's dudes who think they can fight, and they go in there and get their ass kicked. And Ninja Ron from Ashita Kim's Forum was on street beats with Icy Mike, and he got fucking destroyed. And I remember this because when he was in the army in Korea, and this dude used to get awards for like teaching the combatives. He now he wasn't a combatives uh, instructor, but while he was in Korea, his unit like I wanted to find his unit and cuss him out. Like his unit made him their combatives, you know, guru. So he ran all the training with his drunken nin- Wolverine ninjutsu oh, bullshit. No. Oh yeah. So and he got he, oh, dude. He got like freaking archon. Like you can actually find a lot of his citations online because he put them on there. So I see um, Mike was actually on the forums for a while a couple of years ago. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. He was actually on the forums when uh, when those videos first started coming out of uh, doing the street fight stuff. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't. That probably when I was on my hiatus. But yeah. Well, like I got recent. I was on his podcast uh, last year um, to do, you know, talk talk about his fight with uh, uh, Ninja Ron and 
the history behind that because the history between me and Ron goes back to 1999. Like I got a long history with this kid, and that's how long I've been on the. Uh, I was on the Ashita Kim uh, forums. Not that I followed Ashita Kim. It was a great place to troll. Somebody <laughs> needs to follow him because because <laughs> he's pretty much a sexual predator. Isn't the dude <laughs> dead? <laughs> hold on, hold on, one second, hold on. See if I got. Oh, you've got the book. Oh, you don't he's have got it. The book. No. He's got the book. Yeah, he does. The Amorous Adventures of Ashita Kim? Is that the one? Because, God, please, please no. I don't want to think that that's a real object. It is here somewhere. No. Oh, I love it. If he finds this, it's going to be so hilarious. So in the meantime, while he's looking for it, yeah. Nope. Yeah, I mean, so he still he still lives with his mom at the end of the road, uh, in like this nondescript single story house in like the middle of like swampland, Florida. Yeah, I thought it was a trailer. I mean, we had uh, some people track him down. It, like, might, it might be a double wide, but I, I think it's I think oh. it's an actual. Oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> is that is that autographed? <laughs> so. This was actually sent to me from a guy in Australia. He was, uh, I don't know if you remember him. He was supposed to be Ashita Kim's, uh, you know, representative in Australia at the time. He's never met Ashita Kim, only got promoted through videos and stuff like that, and was uh, dyed in the wool, Ashita Kim follower. He's now a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt and wilderness guy, but... uh, Oh my god! I never forgot how bad this this. So he woke up. But he sent me this because I, like, I was like, "Do you have this book?" He's like, "I do." I was like, "I don't really want to pay money for it, but I just want to see what it's like." And he sent it to me, and this book is um, it's it's bad. It's uh, it's it's we terrible. It's, live uh, stream somebody reading that, you know, with voices and everything. Really? We oh. shouldn't, because you couldn't show it. There, I'll do it. I'll do it. There are some, <laughs> um, you know, no, not safe for work. Oh, the naked combat. Naked combat. I think I could show the naked combat. Well, oh, let's see. Mm. Yeah, there's titties. Um, yeah, I know. Twitch cut down on yeah, that kind no. of thing. It's yeah, not we'll, well, when we put up our OnlyFans, we will do a reading of uh, Ashita Kim's. Yeah. They, they, they cut down on that too. Like, there's no. No, there's they, they, they no reversed the decision. They were they reversed the decision, so they're gonna allow. They're gonna allow it. Uh, yeah, they, they realized so. that nobody was gonna. There would have no fans. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's how eclectic my my collection is. I got shit like that. I even got. Like uh, Vasily's old Sistema shit when he's talking about charging psychic energy for his Sistema guys. <laughs> I got a lot of crazy stuff. Oh, and just to plug this, uh, for people who are seeing the flag, I am tonight I am uh, drinking the 82nd Airborne uh, whiskey. Uh, this is very interesting thing about this is I was, uh, didn't know this exists. I was uh, coming home. And decided my wife, like, oh, I want to get some, you know, stop to get some wine. I was like, cool. 
So I stopped and I walked in and I saw it on the shelf and I said, I'm getting that. I was like, I, I'm getting that right now. And it was like 108 bucks. And then I went to the base and it's much cheaper. So, uh, yeah, should have done that first. But, uh, yep. For the 82nd. Wow. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I, um, Technically, I think I was under the 82nd because we had a detachment. I, I don't want to name units because obviously OPSEC and shit, but it was yeah. down at uh, his attachment down at uh, Hunter Army Airfield. So, uh, good times. Oh. Weird shit. But either that or a Ranger bat. I begged them to send me to Sear School and Jump School. I was like, send me. I'm, I was like fucking 22 and the hard charge is shit E5. I was like, come on, send me. Let's. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll just beat my ass. I don't give a shit. They'd be like, Go sit in your fucking closet and do IT shit. Fuck you. Yeah. So. Serious school was great, though. I, I think that should be mandatory. Um, jump school, I would, you know what? This might, might lose it. I was actually underwhelmed with jump school. Reason being, now, it is a, if you've never done, so I've done a lot of extreme things before jump school so if you've never done anything you've never tried to do a skydive you never you know been in a plane other than a, a 747 you know anything like that it's going to be kind of nerve-wracking but i was expecting we were going to do uh, i don't know i was i wanted a lot of more hard charging we we it was great it was a good time but i think i enjoyed I'm, i enjoyed going through jump school i didn't enjoy being airborne until i actually got the brag yeah, I, like, I mean, it was like, like, yeah, I left. Like I left yeah, I left jump school. Like, eh, okay, well, I'm airborne now. Then I got the brag. I got to an airborne unit. I'm like, oh, well, this is what airborne's being like. Okay, got it. That was yeah. We that was we actually have airborne infantry here in Texas in the guard, so it's pretty rad. They uh, I think they jump every yeah. drill. So uh, they're they're yeah, we um. Uh, when I came back from Afghanistan, um, we actually, I don't know, I, I was actually TDY in Austin with the uh, National Guard, and we were doing, we were basically doing lessons learned because I think there was some detachment there that was going to go to Afghanistan. Yeah. So that was about, yeah, that was about 2010-ish. Um, but yeah, that's why I, I went, I learned uh, I suggested when I was telling you earlier, I was suggested to my friend who was immigrating here to go to Austin because uh, I had a lot of good. I had some fun there. Yeah, uh, did the bat cruise and all that stuff. Yeah, no, I've I don't I don't have a bad thing to say about Texas Guard. There's other state guards that are a little iffy. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 good to be here. They're they're not not a bunch of fucking bag of sandwich looking so it's good good stuff but uh we, we were here to talk about anime i mean so we, before we get right. too far off the rails so you okay let, let's yeah. let's start with the, the the claim to fame that you've got here and and tell the story yes. about oh yeah, dragon yeah, yeah. Ball Z. we need to we need to talk about the history right. oh dragon ball so the uh uh i i i to be fair Fair to be completely fair. Uh, there was, oh, everyone's freeze. You're broken. Yeah, you're Hello? freezing. Yeah, we kind of froze. Okay, a little bit here, but uh, I think we're okay now. 
See, it's 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 Funimation, man. They they're after me. They're trying to freaking get me. They don't want the secret to come out. They don't want the secret to come out, brothers, because if they know the history of Dragon Ball, you know they know they're gonna have to be coughing up millions of dollars. <laughs> My worst Alex Jones impersonation. So, no, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm just I'm looking over the chat. <laughs> like, please go yeah. fuck yourself, douchebag. Yeah, you, you can't see this, but w- William Murphy is just going off on the moderator bot, and just it and it's repeating what he says, and they're just in a loop of go fuck yourself. No, you fuck yourself. No, you fuck yourself. It's a bot, dude. It's so. <laughs> I look back. I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but just I uh, looked Stop. over. Hilarious. So, but, right, please okay. tell the story. Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball, the Dragon Ball story. So, Dragon Ball started in the mid-80s. Um, so, you had Dragon Ball before it became Dragon Ball Z. And Dragon Ball was uh, brought up as a, uh, a new version of Journey to the West, the old Chinese novel, or tale. And it was really popular. So, you know, as a kid, it was like, oh, wow, this is really cool stuff. And then it morphed into Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z, and that's where shit got real. You know, Goku grew up, there was ass kicking, there was Tales of the Super Saiyan, and there's all this stuff. So when I came, um, I was overseas at this time, I was in Korea for my senior year in high school. Um, I had, I had, we would tape Dragon Ball, like, before Korea, but... Uh, we would tape Dragon Ball like every day, every day. Like someone had a VCR set up to tape Dragon Ball, and then we'd get home and we'd rush. And you know, our, our if you're out there, Richard Okimoto, his mom, you're the MVP because they would sit there and teach us and you know translate Dragon Ball. You know what was going on for all us freaking round eyes, and it was great. So I have all these tapes, and when I I finished high school. Um, I'm coming back to the States to go to college. So I go, I'm coming back and I didn't have a VCR in my room. Um, so there was one in the day room. So I would go in the day room at, at my college and watch Dragon Ball. And people were like, what the hell are you watching? And I'm like, oh man, see, that's Goku. But y'all sit down. We need, I'm trying, I try to explain it. And a lot of people were like, man, that's crazy. What the fuck's wrong with his hair? You know, all the stuff. So, I would go out and, you know, at this time, anime was not really that big. Matter of fact, they didn't even call it anime. It was called Japanimation here in the States. I remember that. Uh, you'd spend yeah, $50 at Suncoast to buy one VHS tape for a 30-minute movie. And I would go to these comic book shops, hobby shops, and stuff like that. And I'm like, hey, y'all should watch Dragon Ball. Like, Dragon Ball Z is a shit. And at this time, I think I was watching the Cell Saga. And, you know, I would... Sit there, you know, and I, I mean, I'm literally had like a suitcase full of VHS tapes. And so the guys were like, hey, would you, you mind if I make a copy? I'm like, yeah, sure. Make a copy. And the fan subbing community was starting to get big. And I didn't know what fan subbing was at this time. But I did start to know, notice that when we would start going to these conventions, there would be, you know, a room showing Dragon Ball. And it would have fan subs. And I'm like, huh. But that looks like my tape. Like, it would have the same tracking marks. Sometimes <laughs> they'd still have the commercials, the commercials in, you know. And I'm like, huh. 
yeah, okay, I know where that's come from. And so I still say to this day, uh, I'm the reason Dragon Ball is big in the United States. Now, some people are going, hey, Dragon Ball came in as well. Because true, true to, to be fair, there was a time in the mid-80s where someone did try to bring Dragon Ball into the U.S. Uh, there's an NES game out there you can find. It's called Dragon Power. And it's actually a Dragon Ball game that's been reskinned for the, for the U.S., and then there was um, another anime that went under something gold. I forgot what it's called. USA Gold or something like that. They did try to bring uh, Dragon Ball into the States, uh, but never, no one took it. But when you started seeing all these, you know, you'd go to Anime Weekend, you'd go to all these other places, and someone was selling Dragon Ball tapes. And I guarantee you, I put this out there, I'll fight anyone. They were copies of my tapes. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that's awesome. I, um, and really, that's what got a lot of people into it. I think, I don't know the full history, but uh, at one point, um, Cartoon Network picked it up. And then it, it started, they, they started dubbing it. And was it Funimation? Were they the, those the guys that were doing it? Funimation, I think, is a big one. I think they own it right now. Uh, they actually own a lot of, lot of properties right now or have the rights to distribute a lot of properties, but yeah, it, it, it came in and like, so about mid, about the mid to late nineties, it started coming in and, and picking up and people were like, Oh my God, Dra- Dragon Ball. Like, and then, you know, people who I remember showing in the you know, early nineties, like literally like 1990, like, Hey, here's Dragon Ball. They're like, Hey man, you ever heard, watch Dragon Ball Z? And I'm like, motherfucker, I showed you that. <laughs> <laughs> like I had in my room, my, I had in my room, my dorm room, I had this uh, wall scroll. I don't know if anyone, people remember the, the anime wall scrolls and stuff like that. Yeah. So I had this one of, of Trunks, uh, Mirai Trunks, and he had his long hair hanging down. He's holding the sword and he's all buff as shit. And uh, everyone thought I was gay because they're like, <laughs> why you have that dude on your wall? And I'm like, bro, that's Trunks. I'm like, who the fuck is Trunks? And I'm like, I. Now they're all like, yo, y'all see Trunks? I'm like, I get no respect. Yeah, that's but, just... Yeah. But I, I, I'll tell you... Go ahead, go ahead. I'll tell you a little hustle I used to do in college. So, um, being a military brat and my family was overseas, uh, every year I would get one free round, uh, round-trip ticket. Right, so my parents, my parents at that time were still in Korea. So what I would do uh, on my round trip is that either going or coming, I would stop in Japan. So I would actually stop in Japan, uh, go down to Sagamihara, um, Kamzama, um, and I would buy a whole bunch of stuff, books, scrolls, figures, whatever. I would fly back to the states. And I would go to these conventions and I would sell them. And that was why I would keep cash, you know, around. So I was like, man, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, you know, I was living like a drug dealer, not selling drugs. I was selling anime. So I mean, y'all, y'all got this? Y'all got this new scroll, huh? 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 No. Uh, and I remember when, um, go ahead. Let me get a little bit of that Ranma, man. Ranma <laughs> <laughs> one half. Yeah, papa. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, Ram, actually, Rama was a really big one, too. Um, Rama, Rama one half, Rama Nibonichi, 
was uh, very popular, especially with the girls. If you wanted to, like, uh, if, if you wanted to get you a uh, Japanese waifu in the 90s, you needed to watch Hiranma. And uh, it was, uh, we had this thing at our school, uh, it was called the round table, where if you were a foreign language student, you would get with uh, foreign students who spoke that language and, you know, we'd converse and stuff like that. Well, for the Japanese round table, we would get together and watch anime or TV shows and stuff like that. And the, the one that was most requested by the girls was Ranma. They wanted to watch Ranma. Oh man. So, uh, okay. So before we get too far back into that, let's, uh, so you, you had some certain opinions on current anime and the stuff that's going on right now with, uh, the, especially Netflix conversions and, and that kind of thing. Oh, all right. So my big, all right. So we talk about Cowboy Bebop huge it was pretty huge. And I think a lot of people, especially when it came out, um, there's a lot of people that put Cowboy Bebop as their favorite anime of all time. And I might be one of those. It's, it's definitely in my top three. Um, but with the Netflix live action, um, they just released some stills. And it's like, there's a lot of concerns. Now, I'm not saying it's good or bad. Haven't seen it yet. Haven't seen it yet. But my problem with the Cowboy Bebop or live action is one. It, you watch Death Note. Ugh. Yeah, the live action. Yeah. Why? 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 It, it was terrible. It was good and terrible. It was terrible. There, honestly, there is very few comic or anime adaptations that Netflix do, did that was actually good. And one of them was was Extraction. Extraction was actually good, even though they did change a lot of it and made it. Probably more diverse than the source material, but it turned out good because they, they kept to the, the core of it. Yeah. My problem with the Cowboy Bebop is that the live action is that I think they're trying to they're trying to go with style, not substance. All right. So, you know, oh, we're going to make diverse things. So, then, all right, we're going to make Jet Black black. And I'm like, well, that's kind of racist because you're only making him black because his name is Jet Black. But, yeah. OK. Uh, we're not going to do the Faye Valentine uh, costume because, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's too sexy, the male gaze, and no one would ever dress like that. And I'm like, it's a fucking anime. No one dresses like a fucking anime, like, but that's the point, part of the character. Um, from what I've seen, John Cho is going to be a martial artist instead of a Jeet Kune Do artist, which is actually very important to... Uh, Spike's character, yeah, because he actually referenced why Jeet Kune Do in in episodes. Um, it's just like, and then more importantly, there was no, there has not, or if anyone's found this or heard it, uh, please let me know. But there's been no discussion of the music that's going to be in the show. So people who watch Cowboy Bebop know that the music played a huge part in it's, the show. It's a character, basically. Yeah. It's a character in the Pretty show. Much. Really. From the opening theme, you know, you when you heard you're like, oh shit, it's it's time. You know, the real folks blues at the end, you had different things, you know, even in the movie, you know, what planet is this? They the the music played a huge part. I've heard nothing about the music, you know. Now, granted, we are we're they might sit there and say, Yeah, you know, Yoko Kano, she is on this 
She's doing all the music. Seatbelts are here. The whole nine. Okay, cool. But I think there, it just, it looks really stylishly slick, but I don't think it's, I don't think with Netflix, they're going to capture like the soul of, you know, Cowboy Bebop and what, what, why people love this property so much. It's a series, so though, right? Not, not a movie. Yeah, it's going to be a series. It's going to be a series. That That's good because um, they, I saw the, they did Full Metal Alchemist or somebody did, and then it was on Netflix. And then it w- didn't look bad. It could have been okay, but they compressed the whole goddamn plot into one movie. And how do you even do that? It doesn't make sense. Well, it's, it's because, you know, and it's also talking about how, you know, how do you convey a property with a long history into a two hour movie, right? Like, Full Metal Alchemist ran for years. Yeah. How do you compress that into a two-hour movie? You know, uh, yeah. you you would have to make a series like the the you know um, the, 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 they just came out with a new one. The oh yeah, the Uroni Kinshin uh, series. They did several movies of this same live action of this property. Hell, even the Japanese Death Note. They did what three movies of that? You know, oh, because you have. Oh, you never seen the, the Japanese Death Note? No, way no. better. I, way I better. know it exists, so I, yeah, yeah, way better yeah. than what was on Netflix. I, Attack on um, Titan, though, that was uh, hot garbage. Uh, that was just yes. a big steaming pile of fucking aborted fetuses. That was just bad. Wait, I would say, and I always say this, and this is going to be, and this is going to segue to what I, I alluded to earlier. Um, a, a Western adaptation, I think, was done really well. Was Battle Angel Alita, Alita Battle Angel okay. they called it, or Gundam the uh, yeah, yeah. the uh, I think they did it. I think Robert Rodriguez did that one very well. He hit all the high points for the original series, you know the the core series. He hit all the high points. Now there was more to this, but you know I think he did it well to the point where if you can continue on this franchise and. Yeah. So to come back, the name Gazir actually comes from Battle, Battle Angel Alita Last Order, Gunnam Last Order. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, it comes from that because in her school, remember her martial art? Remember her martial art name? I should, and I'm embarrassed that I don't. Oh, no worries. Uh, it's called Panzerkunst. Uh, literally means in, in Dort. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Art art. And her, she was in the Mausa school, in the mouse school, and she, um, in there, there was different ranks of it, and uh, one of the ranks is actually Gazir, uh, which is a bastardization, a, ger- a Japanese bastardization of a German word, Gazelle, which means like journeyman, uh, like a journeyman apprentice, okay. sort of like that. But in the Japanese version, it's it comes out. When they when they transliterated whatever to Gazir, yeah, the Japanese seem to have a real affinity for German culture and language, and I'm not even re- making a World War II reference here. I mean, there's a there's there's some some affinity there. Uh, and the the Attack on Titan. Have you um the the guy that does the soundtrack? I think uh, Hiroyuki Sawano. Uh, half those songs are in German. He's a Japanese composer, but half those songs are written in German, and the lyrics are pretty fucking good i mean it's some deep shit like like i don't want to get too philosophical 
<laughs> See, no, you're right. There's a lot of Jap. There's a lot of Japanese influences in several uh, animes out there. Um, for honestly, to be fair, it probably does have to go back to World War II. They were allies, <laughs> but it's probably not the only thing. But there's there's a lot because when you look through a lot of um, um, uh, even when you go to the video game routes with a lot of Japanese video games and even RPGs and stuff like that. You're gonna see a lot of German influence, so yeah. I don't know. It's 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 always fascinating to see that, you know. And I would tell that to some of my German friends, uh, like I try to get them to read some of the anime, and they're like, "Why, why, why are they talking about white? What is this white cross? What is this? I don't, I don't understand." But uh, yeah, I, I, it's pretty cool. It's it's interesting to 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 dive into. That could be another thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't want to, I, I know that, remember like that map mod that I referenced earlier, his, his name's Chris Cavanaugh, he's, like, he does anthropology, and he, he would totally know this better than I do, but I, I think there's probably some overlap between Japanese Shintoist beliefs about nature and things, and then the German romantics, not to get too nerdy into shit, but, like, the concepts of overcoming your fate and, you know, defying the, you know, the, the way things are supposed to be. Uh, that, that's, uh, I, I'm getting this because I was super into the, the attack on titan soundtrack recently i just played that on loop and until i got sick of it but i mean that's half of that's in german so i, I started duolinguing german just to pick up on some of that shit well <laughs> duolingo but like with the the whole series of uh gundam uh, battle angel Lita, there is so much like even from her techniques they're all in german her uh the the founder of her uh the school blanking on it right now but it, it's a german name all or you know everything is there's a lot of german there's a lot of philosophy in that series too like yeah. that's it's, it's pretty interesting when you read the whole thing yeah um, and speaking of philosophy uh I, I need to watch this i've watched a couple episodes but uh evangelion everybody says that that's like so impenetrable and there's all this this actual hardcore philosophy and i'm like it's just robots fighting shit so far eight Eva, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. There's, there's two things that are good about Eva. There's the only two things that are good about it: the opening credit, "Cruel yes. Angel Thesis," and "Fly Me to the Moon" at the closing credits. Okay. Everything is a whiny fucking bitchy boy in between and a mech. That's it. Yeah, I yeah. I mean that, that song. Series. That song does slap is it, though. Yeah. Frank Sinatra, "Fly Me to the Moon." Yes. Fly me to the moon. Yeah. Those are the two things good about it. Now, Cruel Angel Thesis, dude, that's like, that's one of my workout jams. Like, if, like, yep. yo, man, I'm going to go out here, I'm going to try to beast it. And then when you hear it, when I get it kicks up, I'm like, yeah. There's an, angel, there's a, there's an English version of it, and I forget uh, who does that. I mean, she does a ton of anime covers, but, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. I finally click because, you know, I don't, what is it? I don't speak Japanese. I, I used to know how to say I don't speak Japanese in Japanese, uh, but I have since forgotten. It's like, Nihongo ga wakarimasen, right? <laughs> well, that means I don't understand Japanese, but I don't Close speak enough. Nihongo, uh, uh, you know, Hanasunai, uh, Hanasunai, you know. Yeah, no, I'm actually learning Chinese right now because uh, we're probably going to end up fighting them. Putonghua. Drinking the Yeah. <laughs> That's about what I got. Have you have you ever seen that show? So um, 
Zwicken, uh, it's like a Zwicken English or something like that. And it's like, no. you that, know, that sounds awesome. It's like, oh, I, I gotta find this and send the link. Um, it, it's like these, uh, you know, potty kind of 20 year old girls doing their morning workout and there's weak in English. And so they're like doing this and it's like, please don't attack me. Please don't attack me. It's, it's, so it's like a YouTube it's, it's thing, right? But no, no, no. It was an actual Japanese television thing. Um, it's called uh, Zweekin English or Zweekin English. I, I'm, I'm going to find it. There, was, there used to be this show called Super Vocabulary Tangoku. And it would do a play on words, but it wasn't just Japanese words. It would be like English words. So, like, one of my favorites was, like, it had this one guy, like, it showed a sketch, and this dude is, like, creeping into this house, and this lady, she's in the shower, she's showering, and he has the knife, and he's creeping into the house, and he's coming, and he gets to the curtain, and he pulls it back, and he draws back the knife, and then freezes, and it says, which means, like, you know, to be continued, all that. And then it would start again, and it would say, and he started poking her breasts, because it means to poke. And then there was one where this guy's walking down the street, and uh, he, he sees a mariachi band. This is so weird. And it goes, Como esta, senor? <laughs> and it freezes. And then the mariachi is grabbing the dude's ass. And it goes, Como is ass, senor? I don't think <laughs> we're ever going to catch up to Japanese television. I don't think, I mean, we're, we're so far behind in just the scope of wild shit that they get away with over there there was some wild stuff and that's, that, I, I was telling my wife like um if, when we move we're gonna be empty nesters soon i was like look she's like well what do you want to do you know the kids are out what you know where we're we gonna go and i was like well i was like well we need to go back to asia i like i, I really want to move back to asia because i took her there um and my wife's been to Asia. she's been to china and stuff and and bali and stuff with with without me uh, but my my school my school closed in uh, 2019. My high school closed. So the year before, we went to um, my last high school reunion you could have at the school. And so taking her there and you know showing her everything, you know all the wildness of Asia and you know and that and everything. And she was just like. Yeah, I see why you're you're, you're the way you are now. I, I get it. I get it. I finally understand you. Yeah, yeah. But hey, have you heard that there? Um, apparently, there's a lot of houses in the countryside in Japan that are just going for dirt cheap yep. because people moved into the city. Yep. So. Yep. I'm. I'm. I was looking at that. Matter of fact, before I moved here, I was actually about to buy a, uh, a villa in uh, Phuket, and it was going for like super cheap, super like it was. Less than a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, but Super Thailand cheap. though, you can't. You can go to jail if you say something bad about the king. That's pretty. That's pretty. Oh, rough. Yeah. True. So. Uh, or or get your weed at the wrong place. Oh shit! What <laughs> happened to the video? So, uh, did did I totally screw it up? No, I yeah. wanted to show this because dude, this is like amazing. <laughs> it just. You can you can find them on YouTube, uh, but it's not a YouTube thing. This was totally like a television, like uh, Good Morning Japan 
you know, like Good Morning America kind of thing. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> All right. It's called Speak in English. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll, oh, I'll turn that off. Oh, did it, it broke. Dang it. Well, we'll have to plug it in the show notes or something, but yeah. I, I think I've seen that. It's like, yeah, please don't attack. And they're like doing exercise moves and shit, right? Right, uh, yeah. They're doing like uh, yoga and, and like, uh, you know, kickboxing or whatever, cardio kickboxing in the morning. <laughs> it's so hilarious. Yeah, I was trying to explain Japanese game shows to my wife, who has no concept of that kind of thing. And uh, she's like, what? They're like, yeah, there was a dude that went into a, a portable toilet and then hands up, uh, the, there, he's on a jet ski out in the lake with his pants down. Because, ha-ha, ha. And I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? There's, there's, there's a lot of crazy shows. Matter of fact, I think we, we, we showcased a couple, because there was one where, um, what was that group? They were, uh, it was like the hard chi combat. Like they would just get their, you know, uh, what was the dude's name? That you know, Rob, Rob Shortsky, something like that. But they would have like a combat, combat key, and they'd be like, ah, and they would take punches through their neck and everything like that. So they went on a Japanese show, and Genki Sudo was on there. Oh shit! And Genki <laughs> Sudo was beating this dude as he was sitting there, but it, this was a big, huge American. He's like, he's. Chi and, and Genki's Genki Sudo is beating them, kicking them, and everything like that, and he's taking a kick. And you know that was to prove that the combat key was so effective. Yeah, I miss Genki Sudo. He was a character. That dude was. He was. He was. I have this. I have his books too. Oh shit! Great book. The Gracie Killer. No wait, no that. That was. That was. Oh man, Sakurai. I just I just shamed yeah. myself in front of the internet. <laughs> Saku, 39. He's still out there competing. So if, I don't know if anyone watches Quintet. Watch Quintet. It is it's, it's great. It's a team grappling event, submission grappling event. Saku's still out there doing it. Um, there are some pretty cool grapplers out there. Nice to watch. Uh, you can catch a lot of them on YouTube. Definitely something to watch. Grappling, just to steer it back towards somebody I had a question in the facebook group about grappler baki and some of the other oh grappler baki Woo! so grappler baki is uh it's a long property like he he that came out in the um i want to say probably early or mid 2000s where it started to get big but uh it started with so there was a time where a lot of manga guys are they were either fighters turned manga guys or manga guys turned fighters. And they would put out all these properties. Um, so you had like uh, the same guy that did Grappler Baki, I think he did Garoden. Um, and Shin Garoden is a good good series to watch. There's only six books, but our six manga should should read that. Um, but they would so they would put out all these 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 crazy things. And the, the thing I always loved about them is that they would take things to a an extreme, something for you to shoot for. Like you look there at, you know, Baki uh, Baki Hanma was always trying. He was trying to match his father, so he was always striving to be the best. He was training and you know stuff like that. He was he was it was always every time he got to a point, there was something else he had to strive to, and something else, and then something else, and then something else, and then the series just went off the freaking rails, like. 
dudes were getting their hands cut off like nothing and still fighting like it was nothing. Like I think Dopo Orochi got his hand cut off fighting some convict and it was like, Yeah, oh you cut off my hand, but I will still fight you with like, No, no, dude, you're bleeding to death. It's like yeah. Yeah. Um But that was the, like that. Go finish, go finish what you're saying. So there was like that was the uh, super muscle time, right? So like where all the guys were uh heavily muscled, you know, super strapped and everything like that. And they, they would always master this uh, some arcane skill out there that was like, you know, hey, because this guy did thousands of push-ups only using his pinkies. He can grab you, and you'll never be free of his grasp, or something like that. But there's a great series, uh, and and to be honest, like um, there was another series that was a cousin. Well, not cousin, not related, but it was around the same time, actually earlier, in the same vein. It was called Tough, and I really loved that series because it was the same thing. You had a little dude who was trying to aspire to be as strong as his dad, except that his dad wasn't a psychopathic maniac. And his dad was, you know, they were his dad was the heir of this invincible fighting style that came down from the, you know, Yagushin Kageru stuff like that. And, you know, he was trying to teach Race's son to be this honorable dude, but his son was just this delinquent who wanted to pick a fight with everybody. Um it, it's that was a man, that was a great time. Like Baki and and Baki tough, uh Garo then, um, well, there were some others out there. Shamo, Shamo, Shamo was Shamo was kind of freaking weird. Shamo was, I don't know what to say about that. Like it was, you rooted for the bad guy in Shamo because the dude was a, you know, you felt sorry for him at first because uh, his sister killed his parents. He took the rap for it. He got raped in prison, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But then he got out and just became an asshole. <laughs> he just became like an asshole. You know, he's like, oh, I want this fame. And, you know, he was a gigolo for a while. And then he uh, uh, he saw this guy competing. And he was like, oh, my God, I want his famous fortune. And, oh, look at his, you know, beautiful girl he has. And, you know, I want that too. You know, the best way to do that, I'm going to go rape her. Yeah, that like, was nothing redeeming about that whole thing. I can't believe that yeah. it made that. They made oh man, it just it just went it, it just went yeah, and then they made a movie about it too, a live action. Um, oh no! But it was it was it was that Shamo was actually a pretty weird one. It was a weird roller coaster because you, you had to root for the bad guy because you're like okay, well he's the main character and you see him struggling and you know and everyone's cheering for him as he's getting his ass kicked. He stands back up, the you know faces da, 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 da. and they're like yeah, but uh, you realize this dude raped someone and you know he's not a really nice guy overall yep yeah i know but i mean i guess yeah. all those hyper uh like fighting shit led to eventually what would would have become you know one punch man because you can't go anywhere it's it's over it, that's the that's the end you know this, there's no more it, it, yeah saitama is the culmination of all anime well let's re we're gonna re let's rewind a little bit because i'm gonna talk about one of my favorite Favorite animes of all time, Hokuto no Ken, Fist of the North Star. Okay, probably, yeah. probably one of the animes that made me definitely, definitely was a huge influence on me. Um, 
And Hulk the No Can, to me, was a great series. And to this day, like, to this day, it's still very popular uh, amongst people, even though they haven't released anything super new in a long time. But the story of it, you know, the tragic story of Kinshiro going out to avenge, you know, his, you know, get his, his he's like, oh, you got his girl stolen from him. You know, he dieseled up to go save his girl. And then, you know, he loses her again anyway. So, yes. Yeah. Well, that was story. basically like giant Bruce Lee as Mad Max in the wasteland kicking ass. That's oh. exactly what it was. That's exactly that's exactly what it was. It was the big the two big influence of it was Mad Max and Bruce Lee. And uh there is a prequel um series of it of Hokuto Ken that is more contemporary. It's in, set in the modern day, not not Fist of the Blue Sky, not anything. But before he actually, before they actually launched Hokuto no Ken in its current, what we know it as now, there was a version of this where Kenshiro. It was modern day. He was just this, you know, young kid that studied Kempo and stuff like that, and you know, it was it was around the same vein. But you know, his girl gets taken away. He fights the yakuza, you know, to get her back and stuff like that. But they were like, yeah a little bit too, you know, not as, as exciting. He's like, well, what if there was a nuclear war? Okay, you got me. And then that's where we got, you know, the current setting. But that series was like the, the show, I mean, come on, man. You know, Josh Barnett used to quote it, you know, as his, as his, his you know, it, it, there was so much into that, that series. And, you know, even even though martial arts wise it was extremely unrealistic um it was it was something that got you going like you wanted to become stronger i wanted to become as strong as kenshiro you know i wanted to be able to face guys out and to tell you the truth and you know one of the the, the little mishaps i had i used to have a uh, set of nunchaku uh <laughs> i carry in my back pocket uh just for it's like I'm just waiting for someone, waiting for someone to give me a chance to whip these out, and uh, it it happened, it did, and, and I got in trouble. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, so, uh, are you watching like, anything like this coming out now? That's uh, like uh, so. I'm watching. Well, I'm watching Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, if you're not watching Jujutsu Kaisen, watch that shit. I'm, I'm behind. Cool. I'm catching up. Uh, it, it's it's pretty cool. It's all right. Uh, more grounded. I I love Megalobox. Um, I watched, I, I still haven't finished season two, Nomad, Bad BJ. uh, especially as much as I love boxing, but I love that, that series is good, it's a, it's a spiritual su- successor to Ashtano, uh, Ashtano Joe, um, and I think it's really good, I, I, I haven't seen the end, so I'm hoping there's gonna be more to come, if I find out he dies, <laughs> Joe dies at the end of the series, I'm gonna be pissed, um, uh, other anime, uh, I'm, I'm, I find myself watching a lot of old ones. I mean, I watched, you know, you know, the, the Baki on, and some other new ones are coming in, Deep Slayer, stuff like that. But to be fair, there's not one other than Jujutsu Kaisen that's been like, I'm, I'm ready to see this. I got to see this right now. Yeah. Um, what about uh One Piece? Cause that's been on like, that's basically Japanese Doctor Who at this point. It is, and my so my nephews, my nephews love One Piece. They they're 
as big as I was in the Dragon Ball at their age, that's how they are into One Piece. So yeah. constantly, you know, come in and uh, we had um, so a lot of the conventions that opened up this year and um, I went. I always go as I'm not uh, as uh, creative as I used to be going to these conventions. I go as the same guy from now on. And if you know me, you know who that is. It's the one and only Captain America. Oh, yeah. um, uh, so I just go in and they're like, oh, Uncle B, we need, you know, we're going to come. I want, you know, can you help me with my Luffy? And my, my daughter's, my God, my daughter's killing some cosplay right now. Oh, like, sure. she, she's done some great ones. She did a la carte this last one when I was trying to gush over Pinky in the brain. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like she's like, we <laughs> were waiting like, she's like, who are these guys? It's like, they're Pinky in the brain. Shut up and don't fucking embarrass me. Oh man, I feel old. They even rebooted that on Netflix or uh, Hulu. It's on Hulu. <laughs>